Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the Burong people as the traditional custodians of the land in which we meet on. We would also like to pay our respects to their elders past and present. Welcome back, Gen Live listeners. This is Little Liv and Big Liv. Um, And Big Liv. Yep, this week we are not in person. Um, We are calling from our homes. Yeah. It's it's COVID all over again. Well, it is, really, because it's starting to break out a bit, which is concerning. I don't know if you've noticed at uni and stuff, but, yeah, no, I've noticed at work, like, People are getting it again and, yeah, so we're going to be a bit careful now. We do. We can't be mm. complacent. Yeah, that's yes. the word. That's the um, word, yeah. But how good? Today is Wednesday and yeah. it is 29 degrees in in uh, Melbourne. So what a we ripper. are living our lives. What a yeah. ripper, honestly. Yeah. It's so nice to have, like hot weather again yeah and like just being able to come home and you can still do things outside like the light it's light outside you don't have to come home and it's already dark and you just want to sit in front of the tv like you actually want to go out and use the day so it's been really nice yeah well yeah because did you go for a run when you came home today or did you do something not today um today I just cooked and then we um took our dinner to the park and sat in the park. It was so nice. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Stop, I'm blushing. That's really cute. <laughs> I feel so alone. I came home, nobody was home, and it was just me. And yeah. I was like, you know what? It's nice. I'm going to go for a run. So that's why I'm in my, I'm in my running gear. Gorgeous. Nice. How How's the running going? Oh, dude, it's it's tough. It's tough. I this is the third run I've been on since mm-hmm. I started it up again a week ago. Uh, it's tough, but this is the thing. Like, as soon as you exercise after it, you just feel so good, and you're just so much more positive than you were beforehand. So yeah, um, no, it, it, it's 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 hard, but it's it feels like I feel very good. I needed to do it before today's episode because I was like a bit drained from work. Um, mm. So yeah, ready to go. Yeah, nice. I'm glad. All pumped. All the endorphins. Yeah. yeah. All the endorphins running That's through. Um, no, but I was going to ask you, like, I haven't seen you since last week, so how's life yeah. been? I know. It's weird not seeing you in person every week. I mean, this week Isn't at least. It? Yeah, oh, I know. Stop. I know. Um, but, but life is good. <laughs> Just, you know chugging along um just normal mundane things but um oh I've got some funny stories to tell tell the listeners that they'll enjoy oh so um so karma happened to James yesterday and he in the middle of the work day working from home got locked out of the house Honestly, he I don't know why, but he deserves that. Yeah, he deserved it. So I was at work having lunch with the girlies and I got 
a few missed calls from him and I just ignored them because I was talking to everyone. I was like, I'll call him later. And then in all caps, he sends me a messenger message and was like, I'm locked out of the house, help. I was putting out the washing. I need to get back inside for my meeting. (laughs) And I was just, I was just like, I rang him back straight away and I was like, you've got to be joking. Like, I was like, everyone was listening as well. They were like, oh, here we go. Like, you know, he's returning the favour. And um, I had to go home in the middle of the workday, unlock him from the house. I almost ran out of petrol, so I had to get petrol. So, yeah, took a big chunk out of my workday. Also, too, to add on to his week, he also dropped um, all the eggs at the checkout when we were doing self-service. And I wanted to ask you this. if When you were working at Woolies, would that have really annoyed you? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, I would have been been fucking annoyed, like, instantly. But then, obviously, you, like, clean it up, whatever. But, yeah, like, that's just extra work. Jesus Christ, James. I know. So the guy that the poor guy that was on the self-service register, I feel like whoever's looking after the self-service area just gets the shit end of the stick because they're constantly scanning in, trying to fix people's groceries. Yeah. It is the worst job. Like whenever, say I'd be on like register, like a register, Mm. right? And I'd be like, hey, Liv, can you go into self-checkout? I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. It is literally <laughs> the the most, like, imagine five hours just standing there and all you're doing is, like, fixing stupid mistakes from customers. I'm sorry, yeah. but it is the worst job. Yeah. And, like, when it gets really chaotic, like, yeah. you, you're fixing one customer and then another person's like, excuse me. And you got to turn around, do that, and, like, you get so many rude customers, actually. Yeah, people are really rude. Like, I really try to be nice um, because I know you guys are working your asses off. But also, like, get this. So it's the last thing in our trolley, and he scans them and drops them at the same time. So we drop, like, three or four eggs on the ground of, like, an 18-pack eggs. And I immediately was just, like, don't get mad. I was, like, (laughs) my hand's in my head. I was, like all right, I'll go get the eggs. You tell the guy that you've dropped them so he can clean it up. So I go off on like immediately to get the new eggs and I come back and he's still standing in the same spot in with at our, you know, with our trolley. I'm like, did you tell the person working here that you spilled all these eggs? And he was like, nah, I think I'm too embarrassed too. <laughs> so then I had to do that as well. Oh, oh my God, James. Yeah. He's such an introvert. Jesus. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, No, I actually had to deal with a... Do you know how many people have broken eggs, though? It's actually pretty bad. Yeah. It happens quite often at Mm. checkouts. Um, And, like, people scanning the wrong stuff. Like, they'll put in the wrong bananas. The amount of times Uh I've had to fix that. Insane. Like oh, they, yeah. they'll put through the more exp- like the organic one instead of like the Cavendish one, which is like the cheapest. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, it's not that hard. <laughs> anyway, God, that's in the past now. You don't even have to deal with that, so that's good. No, not to that extent. Um, yeah, I don't have any funny stories. Hmm. Um, I do have a funny customer interaction that I had today, actually. Oh. I, like, helped this woman pick a, a really nice bottle of wine, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And then sometimes like the out, cause she was a bit older and maybe like in her late sixties. And yep. I could tell that she wanted to have a chat. So I was like, Oh, how's your day going? Like, and she full just told me her whole life story at the counter. Oh. And I, but like, it got to the point, it got to the point where I was just like, okay, you need to go now. Like, were, were there people too long? And were like there people behind that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's getting so emotional and deep about whatever she's talking about. I won't go into specifics, mm. but it was like family dynamics. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, right. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So would you like the receipt? <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it's always like that. Yeah. I remember once... When I was on the register at um, Woolies and this guy was, like, talking about a divorce he was going through. Mm. <laughs> and it was so busy and I just – I didn't even ask him a question about it. He just, like, started talking about it. And then I was like, oh, I cut him off. Mm. And I was like, so do you have any um, rewards? And he goes, oh, yeah, let me get it out. And then he kept going on about the story. Oh. And then I had to cut him off again after he paid for it. And I was like, so do you want the receipt? And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay. But it's so awkward because he was getting so in-depth about this divorce. And then I've just gone, so would you like the receipt? Oh, my God. He needs to say – does he Does he have a therapist? He probably was using everyday people. I sure hope he does. Yeah. God, for his sake. Maybe live – Little Liv is his therapist. I'm yeah, well, therapist sometimes. A lot of people do that with, you know, their hairdressers and just people that really shouldn't be having to deal with a lot of people's feelings end up talking quite deeply about life stories and things. So, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's customer service life. Yeah. What can I say? Mm. Um, yeah, cool. But, uh, oh, I actually, I actually have a recommendation. Uh, I saw on Saturday night a movie called The Woman King. Exceptional. I saw you recommend this, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it stars Viola Davis. Um, I'll read you what it's about because it's very intriguing and um, just a very powerful story. And I don't yeah. think enough people are talking about it personally. Yeah. Because obviously you've had films like Don't Worry Darling, My Policeman, all these other films come out. And this one's kind of been like ignored in a way. But basically mm, okay. um, it's about an all-female unit of warriors who protected Africa um, during the 1800s with skills and fe- fierceness unlike anything the world has ever seen. Um, it's actually based off a true like story of history. Um, and like I said, it stars Viola Davis and it, it's like such an entertaining watch. Like it goes for almost oh, cool. two hours, but the whole time I was like so enthralled at entertaining, yeah. like the fight scenes are so good. Um, like it's, you just feel like you can take on the world. And I could just imagine like, you know, a young black girl watching that film being amazed by yeah. what she's saying because it's like so good, so yeah. good. Um, Amazing. So I um Gen Lib listeners, I yeah. Yeah, no go. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I was just I was no, I was going to say I recommend it to Gen Lib listeners go watch yeah. The Woman King. Yeah. That's 
honestly something I probably would look at and not watch. But after that wreck, I will definitely do mm. that. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the, the, the performances as well, like amazing. Mm. Okay. Nice. I actually have um, a recommendation yeah. Yeah. too. Um, I have been mm-hmm. – okay, I've been listening to Vera Blue's new album this week, which Mercurial, really good. Yeah. So I, yeah. I am personally haven't been a, a, like a huge super fan of her. I like songs here and there of her music, um, but this album. Sorry, yeah. do you want something, James? Oh, I'm using his laptop. Sorry. <laughs> I need garage pants. Not only can I not have a shower, I was like, Sorry. Is this charged? I don't know. You'll soon find out. Um. Anyway, as I was saying. James, you're making, this is a trend. He keeps disturbing us. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Anyway, as I was saying, Mercurial, this album that she's just brought out, um, is beautiful. It starts off quite like soft poppy and then leads into some more of her like traditional softer stuff. But a lot of the album centres around um, her diagnosis with anxiety and depression as she was writing the album and also too she was falling in love with her partner at the same time so it's like a really interesting sad beautiful like mix of songs and sounds and yeah I recommend everyone go and give that a listen Mm. very blue yeah because you messaged me a couple of days ago on Facebook and you're like Hey Liv, like, what are you doing in December? Do you want to go to Sydney? And I was like, why? <laughs> and then you were like, to see Vera Blue. And then I got excited, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, that'd be fucking cool. And then you yeah. go, never mind. <laughs> I know it's too busy. I have family Christmas that day, so I can't do it anymore. So, such a shame. Love my family, yeah. but no, yeah. it was just funny because, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we would have like, gone. I, like, this is really the thing. Considered it, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, nice. nice. Um, but we we both have Dua Lipa this weekend. Yeah. That's going to be so good. So we'll definitely have to um, Sorry. discuss that next week. I know. I mean, it, we brought our tickets. I looked at it September last year. Oh, my God. That's over. Yeah, so over 12 months. This is why I keep forgetting it's coming up because – by the time, I mean, when did she even start touring? It would have been over a year ago. I feel like she's, mm. yeah, been touring nonstop since she brought the album out, really, in the middle of COVID. God, she deserves a break. Surely Australia's her last leg. I think it is. I reckon it is. It has to be, surely. Yeah. God. The poor woman. She's just been <laughs> performing fucking all over the world nonstop, like you I said. Know. I know. Must be so hard. I actually saw um, photos of Billie Eilish back in LA and she's already um, back like doing Pilates and stuff. I was like, she probably is so happy to get back to normal life after that world. Mm. Like just imagine going back to some sort of normalcy after doing all of that for like a year and a half. You, I, There would be some sort of like, because you're, you're, you, you go through so much adrenaline and like mm. excitement and like, you know, this sort of energy and then all of a sudden you stop and you go to a, back to your normal life. Yeah. Like how do you deal with that? Like surely there's like a psychological thing of like yeah. 
how that would impact you as a, as a person. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely don't think I could do it. And we were discussing this the other day at work, like just the amount of exhaustion, mental exhaustion you'd have to do that sort of thing week in, week out. And still, I guess, maintain some sort of routine in your day. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Also, um, I guess she's a millennial. Did you see Emrata has a podcast now? Yeah. Have you listened to it? I I have not. I, look, she's not for me. I don't think I'm interested in her content, but I did see a snippet of her conversation with Julia Fox, which I thought was interesting oh. and I wanted to bring up with you. Basically okay. what they were talking about. I love Julia Fox. I love her. I oh, do like, you? You're a fan. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, <laughs> they were having a conversation about sex and mm. Emrata was saying how she loves sex. Like, you know, like she's obviously been sexualized from a young age, but like mm. she enjoys it. Yeah, cool. Whereas Julia Fox, which I find crazy, is that she's not that into sex. Like she, like she huh. can come across as quite a sexual person, but she doesn't really find it stimulating, like. She's kind of, she yeah, said that okay. she was desensitized from it, which is interesting to me. And um, because of, yeah, that mm. came up, but she has a podcast now. So she, ob- yeah. 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 I, um, I'll definitely give it a go, but I just, I guess, <laughs> I mean, this doesn't make sense for me saying it because we've started a podcast, but the amount of like just celebrities that are starting to bring out more content and even, you know, Dua Lipa has one too. Like they're just, it's such a flooded market that I'm really trying to pick and choose which ones I want to listen to. Jen Live, that's the one you need to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. Um, the only one you need, okay? You don't, like, right. stuff like these celebrities, okay? We're real people. We yeah. have, like, really cool life stories. Jen Live. Also, did you see um, Julia Fox um, dressing in the towel? Did you like that? I sent that to you. <laughs> yes, that was I, This is what I mean. She's iconic, okay? She so is a mom, random. a hot mom, just yeah. living her life. So for anyone that hasn't seen this video, um, Julia Fox is sort of known now for, I guess, really unusual upcycling of clothes. Like the first one that I saw of hers was when she cut the denim jeans. She cut like the top of it off. Of like where the um the buckle would go through the belt, and she made that into like a little boob tube top, and then she left the jeans as like super super low rise, like you could see a pubic bone. It was that low, and the outfit just looked so awkward and random, but has now become quite iconic. Um, but the the towel one was her cutting a towel in different spots. And then like putting her head through and then she was like stepping through it. So it became a dress and then she twisted it back to front and it became like a, like a dress with like her belly showing. It was really, really bizarre. Yeah. James is looking at it now. She's a trendsetter. <laughs> How weird is it? <laughs> yeah. The video is even better because her commentary is just like so soft. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. Oh, so and like, her eyeliner she does this really but, cool eyeliner like I'm not into makeup but I think it's so fucking cool I think does she, cool. she call okay. it the fox like, eye like the, the, 
the um Julia Fox eye. Yeah. It's like panda eyes. Ooh, does she? Because if she does, I think she's coined. I think she's coined it, but who knows? Yeah, she's a genius. This is a Julia Fox fan club now. (laughs) Yes, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. For sure. Um, what else? What else has been happening in pop culture? I love talking about this stuff. Yes. Do you have anything? I I have so much, but then I forget about it on the spot. Really. Um, oh yes, okay, so um oh, I yeah. sorry, I got I got in for you. Um <laughs> I've been listening to um anyone that is fans of Laguna Beach and the Hills will love the latest episode of Back to the Beach with Kristen Cavallari and Stephen from the original season. I'm not finished the episode yet, but they have Laura Conrad on. And for anyone that knows, they will understand that that trio right there is like very controversial. And Liv, did you ever get around this at all? Sorry, I just have to say everything you just said sounds like gibberish to me. (laughs) I have no idea. So Lauren Conrad. I have no idea what you just spoke about. So what Lauren Conrad is also another like old style icon of mine, but um, she has been like term, the term she's been given is like the young, young Martha Stewart of America now, but she was one of the original cast members of one of the early reality TV shows called Laguna Beach. And it was based in Laguna, um, Orange County, or Laguna Beach. And it focused on high school students, like living their daily lives, but they, produced the shit out of it to the point where, you know, the kids, they were so young that they didn't realise that they were being produced and they didn't realise they could say no to things. So it was like very um, over, like at the time they didn't realise it and now they look back and watch the episodes and they're like, fuck, I wish I would have said this or done that or said no to doing this because I actually liked you as a person and I didn't want to be a bitch but they made me be a bitch to you. Anyway, um, if you, you probably don't know that, but would you have heard of The Hills? Um, yeah, I like I've heard of it, and I know yeah. what's his name. One of the the Genesis, the Gen- oh Gen- yeah, Brody uh, Jenner, Kylie Jenner's brother was in it. Brody, yeah, yeah, that's right. like I know the scope of the show, but I don't. I never watched it. It wasn't something that I was ever into. Mm, yeah, so that was the one that I really got into. But the um, yeah, Laguna Beach was essentially based around all these teenagers, and the, one of like the main storylines was. Kristen and Stephen were dating, but Lauren was in love with Stephen and Lauren and Stephen and Lauren used to date. (laughs) So it's just like this big love triangle. And they, they had Lauren on their podcast and it's really sweet because they're all friends now. And like Lauren's a super, super successful, like homewares designer, fashion designer. So is Kristen. Like they're both really successful in what they do. And they both are like quite, you know, they get along now and they're very respectful of each other. Um, but it's interesting to hear their perspective on what the show was like. Um, so if you ever watch um, Laguna Beach, that podcast is amazing. Can recommend. Wait, so I, I, so are you saying that Laguna Beach, mm. the show, it's a show, yeah, it was a show. It yeah. was a reality show? Um. I would I would say no I would say it was like a reality show but 
very, very produced, like The Bachelor or like The Hills. Like it was, you could right. see that there was a lot of pro- production happening, ha- producing, producing happening in the yeah. background to make yeah. the storyline. Like in The Hills, a lot of them weren't even dating, but they pretended like they were dating or alluded to the fact that they were dating because it made the storyline better. But I didn't find this out until like yeah, well, you've got- they all did like exposés years after. Hmm. It sounds like hmm. some heteronormative shit that I would yeah. see. Great. Cool. <laughs> you don't – it hasn't aged very well. Like I wouldn't watch it now. It's a very – it's okay, got a very okay, nostalgic so lens to it, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I respect that. I respect that. Um, was was The Hills out at the same time as like Jer- Jersey Shore? Um. I think, yeah, yeah, probably Jersey Shore. I would say around that time, yeah. I'm not exactly completely sure of the timeline. Because I watched Jersey Shore. Yeah, because I remember mm-hmm. The Hills was like 2006 to like 2011 or 12. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah. That's like the whole entire time I was in primary school. So, I so yeah, I was in high school. So, it was like prime TV for me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe um, I actually kind of want to watch Jersey Shore again. That was fun. Oh, it's such Crazy a good piece. show. Um, shall we move into our first topic? Yes. Yes. Would you like to I'll go start it off today? this week because you did it last week. Cool. Yeah, well, I, I would. You sounded like my t- a t-shirt. <laughs> would you? <laughs> so, so, little Liv, would you like to go first today? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, Miss. Um. Okay, so I'm gonna pose a question to you right now. Okay. Oh, yeah. What is the millennial midlife crisis? I saw a TikTok. Okay. That's a loaded and the question. Guy, and the woman was asking, I know, but this is what is, it's so interesting to hear what you would have to say about this. So I have an example, okay? So obviously the side of TikTok I'm on is the queer side of TikTok. And uh. the woman's response to this question was that um, it was millennials realizing that they're queer, gay, whatever. That yep. was kind of like her take on it. Because it actually has been happening. Like I know a whole bunch of people that have realized they're gay or queer mm. at like, you know in their mid-20s um even older so I want to want you to tell me what you think the millennial midlife crisis is or if maybe there isn't one oh mm, okay so I have been hearing about the quarter life crisis a little bit more as of late so is Um, that different to the midlife is it just like yeah, well, I'm thinking quarter life is in like your 20s, in your 20s. Gotcha. gotcha. And it's interesting because it was in one of Vera Blue's songs. Like she sings about a quarter life crisis. So that's quite topical. Um, well, there you go. But I think the quarter life crisis has probably got to do a lot more with um, you're starting out in a career. This is just, I'm I'm just freeballing. So I'm going to say that it's you're starting out in your career, you're in the industry, you're figuring out your strengths, what you like, what you don't like. You're also probably realizing that you're 
into a lot of different things than what you thought you were. Like you're, you're fully evolved at 25, like your brain is fully evolved and from there it starts to shrink, which is really sad. But I think we get to a stage in our like life and career in our mid twenties where we're like, Oh, this is it. Is this all that it's going to be? Um, do I want more? Do I want less? Like what's happening? And then from there, probably snowballs into like, am I doing the right career? Am I like, should I be partnered up? Should I be partnered up? Should I have kids? And all of these things start to snowball. And I actually think it probably happens a lot more to women than it does to men. Um, purely because we have to have the children and figure out if we want to work and have kids at the same time and all of the things that come with trying to have a baby as well. Um, So, yeah, that's what I would align it with. Um, It could also have a lot more to do with then, you know, snowballing into I guess your mental health and how that also affects the way you think about things. Yeah. Does that answer your question? On the topic of, it does. Yeah, no, yeah. I, that was a great insight. I, okay. I have a question like on yeah. the topic of, of like um, having kids, this, that. Mm. Has that idea, how, how is that idea different maybe to when you were like a younger person? Like, do you see that whole concept differently now that you're in your late twenties? Of like yeah. bearing a child, like yeah. Do you, do you does that make sense with when I'm asking? I think. Oh, sorry, my microphone. I think the way my perspective has changed of having kids is that I don't want to do it like as soon as I thought I wanted to when I was younger. Like I assumed mm. I'd hit like so. Well, I'm 28. I assumed when I was younger I was going to hit like 28, 29, and have kids. But James is looking at me like, what the hell? No, that's definitely not the case now. But I I think that I want to spend more time doing things for myself before I have kids and then maybe decide if I really want to have them. Like I'm still contemplating. I always am an R. Like it's never a sure thing. Like of course I'd love to have yeah. kids, but then there's also factors as to why I don't want to and I never really thought about the don't want a part when I was younger. I always just assumed that I was really wanting to have kids. Um, yeah. Well, well, that's what you're kind of like told as a young girl, I think. Like mm. that, you know, well, I definitely was like you're told like you'll find a husband, then you'll have a baby and then yeah. you'll be a mum, and you'll take care of the child and you'll live a happily life, you know, together. Um and I think it's interesting, you know, more people, if we're talking Gen Z, I think uh, a lot of us are probably opting out to either not have any children or mm. sort of have them at a later age and have, I think we've kind of normalised not having shame around that. Yeah. Um, because, I, yeah, because, like, it's it's like if you don't want to have kids and you, you don't have to, right? Mm. Like... No, I absolutely agree. I was actually yeah, reading a so really um, interesting article about this um, on the Sydney Morning Herald um, about how mm-hmm. um, by 2029 it's predicted that one in four households will be child-free. Oh, no, no, wait, sorry, I'm reading it now. 
It says one in four households are already child-free in 2022, but it's predicted that between next year and 2029, the number of couples living without children will overtake the number of couples who have kids. That's insane. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That's right. I'll send this to you later. It's really interesting. If you had... Imagine you told someone from Gilead in The Handmaid's Tale that statistic. I think they would have a heart attack. That's that. I mean, look, this is going to be controversial, but I I hate children. Like sometimes they're just no. really rude, very very honest, but like really inconsiderate. And I know they're a child, but come on, like they just boil my blood. They boil my blood. Yeah. I don't know if it was like all the times I worked at Macca's, like we spoke in last week's episode and the amount mm. of children I had to deal with. But, Possibly. Ooh, little shits. Yeah, yeah. probably. But um, I mean, there's some kids out there that are just lovely, but you know. Yeah. That's my stance. Shout out to them. Um, but this, yeah, this article touches on the fact that there are so many people that um, don't have kids because they choose not to but then a lot of people see them as people who hate kids and they're like, I don't hate kids. I just don't want any of my own. Like I am happy with my nieces and nephews and I, you know, um, cherish them and I spoil them, but I just would rather do other things for myself. Mm. So I think if this is going to be more common, it's going to be normalized, which is really good. And we're also going to be at 8 billion people next week. Like we're overpopulated as it is. So yeah, eight, eight billion is that right? Billion. Yeah, that's right. Eight billion next week. I mean, why why would you want to big bring children into this world anyway? It's pretty have you dark, seen so. Have you seen the latest episode of um, White Lotus? I sure have. I fucking loved it. <laughs> and she was talking about it at the table, and she's like, "Oh, you know." And then there's the whole environmental thing, and they're like, "What? What do you mean?" And she's like, "Never mind." <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. Oh my god! And they don't the, that couple that you're talking about. Um, they don't vote as well. Oh. You see that in the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. I can't wait to see how those four interact. Yeah. In future episodes. I, think. I know it's and it's a slow, it's a real mm. slow burn, but it will build up at the end, which is good. Um, um, what was I going to say? Oh my god! Now I've lost my train of thought. Oh no, no, no! I wanted to ask, what did you um? find on tiktok like what was the trend with this quarter life crisis thing like what were they saying well it was majority the one that i i I literally only saw one and it just like it sparked a topic for this comment like for this podcast so i Mm -hmm. saved it but um yeah it was majority about the one of like older millennials kind of realizing they're queer um and that was that that was all that i found to be honest um, that's yeah. why I was so interested to see what your take was because I, don't I think it's experience. such an interesting, uh, yeah, well, you never know, Liv. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know. No kidding. You're very happily, you're very happily together with James. So we respect that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, you like, honestly though, you guys are like one of the only straight couples that I like truly adore. Like, oh, seriously. thank you. You guys are very cool. Yeah. That means a lot coming from you. Thanks, Um, Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, I was going to say something before, though. I forgot. 
But I think I think at every like point in your life, we should be able to have a midlife crisis. Like, so you've got the quarter life, and then it's the midlife. What's after midlife crisis? Is it surely, like- surely you get to uh, seventy five or something, and you're like content with life. Actually, I listened to a really really good pod today about. Um, it was one of those diary of a CEO ones, the latest one. And he was talking about how like you get to a stage in your life where you're just so happy, like nothing bothers you. And it's after the age of like 45 and 50. And he was saying, you know, when you like go out for lunch and your mom's just like, you're out for lunch with your mom. And she's like, everyone, look how nice this salad is. Like, it's so beautifully on the plate. Like everyone just have a look and she wants to take a photo. And it's a lot of it's to do with the fact that they just want to live in the moment but they're also documenting it. So it makes a lot of sense when you put it like yeah, that. Yeah, so are you <laughs> – yeah. Well, I mean, we've got a long way to go then. So technically we're going to be, like, not happy until that point. So we've yeah. got a lo- lot of non-happy days to live. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no. You know what? But you know what? We've got the podcast and the listeners have the podcast, so at least yeah. that will be – yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> oh, um, God. Yeah, I haven't had any um, quarter life crisis yet, or like the one that comes before quarter life. Mm. Um, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it, though. Like, I, I feel like it's coming soon. I think it would be unnatural for anyone not to sort of have a, a late 20s, you know, perspective shift. Um. I definitely could think. Could you imagine mine is like I get to tw- I get to twenty eight and then I realize I'm not queer, I'm straight. That would be horrific. <laughs> that would be a great um, storyline. You should you should add that to the notes. I think that was it for my thing. I'm trying to think of other questions to ask about it, but I think. I, th- I I wish I could have my sense to it, but because I'm not at that point in my life, I feel like I have nothing to add other than uh, I still don't know what I'm doing with my life, but that's because I'm very young still. And I'm yeah. not saying you're old, Liv. You're no. very young too. I mean, I still feel like I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't think that ever changes, to be honest. Mm. Like I think it's just you sort of figure Actually, it out as you go. Actually, do you know what's go. interesting? When I was like – when I was like 12, I thought I would be so put together by the age of 22. But then I think that's what's so funny about life. It's like you realize and you're like, bro, 22, you're still literally a baby. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, you're not going to have anything sorted out. No. Even like until you probably your mid 30s, will you probably start to have your ducks in a row? I don't know. Like, I just don't think it takes as quick as everyone thinks it does. To feel grounded. Yeah. Until you like experience and you're like, whoa, I'm so, I mean, well, you know what? There's people my age actually who, who I know have had children already or have brought a house or have gotten married or engaged and I'm so happy for them. But it's just so interesting to see how like we're all on such different um, trajectories. I can't even say the word. (laughs) That's it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> saving me again. I can't pronounce words. This is really bad. I need to read more, actually. Um, 
No, you're good. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy to see that we're on different um, levels like that. And it's like, wow, mm. I have never been in a relationship, yet you are having a child. You are having your second child. That's yeah, incredible. yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, speaking of sliding into the DMs, yeah, um, speaking of sliding into the DMs, I actually got talking this week to some co-workers about what I wanted to talk about, um, and that is making friends as an adult. Mm. And I think the reason I sort of came across it was, one, obviously TikTok. Um, it's, you know, I've been looking at different, like, people – mostly women, like a lot of them are women, um, you know, listing out where you can make friends as an adult, how to make friends, how to approach people, why it shouldn't be awkward, all these sorts of things. So I want to talk to you about what we discussed at work. Um, but firstly, I will let you know some very handy places that I found <laughs> to, this is off TikTok, um, to make friends. And some of them are actually like, like a lot of people would do, um, without knowing as well. Um, and the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I think it's really important to continue connecting with people as an adult. And it's something that we tend not to do because we feel like we have our core group of friends, which is great to have. And you'll always have those friends in your life. But I think always being open to meet new people and meet different people as well, you know, that challenge your opinions as you get older. I think that's really important. So, um, Apart from the few TikToks that were really sad, like people crying, saying that they don't have any friends, um, which was really sad. <laughs> These are some good ones that I found. Um, the most popular one said that the best place, to, best place to meet people is work. But after talking to everyone at work, we were saying that like we see each other, like obviously we're all friends because we have like-minded, we have a, the same job. So we're all like-minded. Um but we see each other every day. So we're not going to like, when do you make the move to, you know, see each other on the weekend? Like what's like, you're already so interconnected that you might possibly not want to catch up on the weekend. Also, what will you talk about on Monday? Like what's the go there? You'll, you'll see each other every day of the week. So I feel like that one's definitely up to the individual. Um, the next one, which we're, we're all a bit divided on was meeting people in lines. So this could be like one example was like in a sushi line, like you're buying from sushi from lunch. Cause we always go to this place. Um, and the way in which you, I don't know, like the person was saying, Oh, say like you like their dress or their hair. And I was like, that's going to seem so creepy. Like I wouldn't particularly respond to just some random saying that they like the way I look, but at the same time, if like, I would also understand that they're probably just being polite and wanting to make chat. And I don't know whether that gives me the ick, like the friend ick as well of people being like trying to make mm. friends. But I know that, that I like, if I were to make a friend, I would do the same thing. So how do we like overcome that, that sort of, I guess, well, reaction? I think it's, I think it's, um, it's a lot about how they like approach you yeah um uh because like I understand what you're saying in terms of like the ick mm. and and like 
I honestly wish people came up to me more in lines. Like if I'm ordering a coffee, I wish someone could come up to me and be like, hey, I love your outfit. That would honestly make my day. Um, It probably wouldn't make my day if it was a gross white dude trying to flirt with Mm. me and being creepy about it. I think that would give me the ick. Um, But I, but I, that's like a, that's another film idea, to be honest, like a good first meeting in a sushi line. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) That was good. Shout out to Morgana for that one. Um, What would you like? Have you ever complimented someone randomly on their outfit? (laughs) I, oh, actually, thank you for I do this all the time. Like, it, but mm. it's very like if I'm at work and a customer comes in. But literally the other day, this young girl came in. Um, she's probably a few years older than me, and she had this really cute like pink bag, and I was like, mm. That's "Sick!" And a lot of the time, I like as this interaction's happening with this customer, I like go through my head like, "Should I compliment the bag? Should I?" And then I'm like, "If I was her, I would love a compliment." Yeah. So then I was just like, "Hey, I your bag's really cute." Um, and she said, thank you. And I probably made a day. Okay. Yeah. No, that's so good. I, I, I encourage them. Just be, just, just, just be respectful though. You know, like yeah, don't of course. compliment them in, in like a sexual or like uncomfortable way, especially if it's unwanted. If someone, but if someone were to, if someone was to um, reciprocate that sort of energy to you and say, oh, I love your vest. Um, like, where did you get it from? And then they followed that by, oh, actually, like, I really like your style. I think we'd get along. Um, do you want to switch numbers? Like, do you want to hang out? Like, would you? I mean, obviously, yes. this is this is a thing, Liv. It's probably different for you because you are queer as well. Like, if a girl did this to me in a friendly way, I would see it a lot differently, maybe. I don't know. Like, how do you, what's? Definitely, what... yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, okay, I have a really good story, actually. And okay. shout out to my friend Andy. So um, I we had a footy function, right? And the function was at the half. And um, I was – so this night I was dressed up in, like, high-waisted jeans, a red shirt, like, open collar with, a, like, a grey blazer on. So I was, like, feeling myself, you know? Like, I looked really good. Yeah. Um, and I went up to the bar, ordered a drink, and the bartender was like to me, I just want to say – I love your vibe. Like, I love your outfit. And I was like, thank you. That's so sweet. And um, his name's Andy. We ended up becoming really good friends after that one interaction. Like, we exchanged numbers um, and became really good. Like, there was nothing, like, sexual, but just, like, platonic, really good besties. And, um, like, the the other week I went to his house for the Halloween party. And we are going the lane together. And we met because he complimented my outfit. That's amazing. it happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's such an icon. He's, he's, I mean, I love him with all my heart. He's like oh. such a babe. I love you. Love you, Andy. The world needs more of Liv and Andy vibes. That's great. Liv and Andy? That's like another podcast name. Like, that's great. <laughs> Spin off. Spin off. He's yeah. actually, he's, he's actually a millennial as well because he's 20, oh. 27? Yeah. 26. So. Team millennial, go millennials. Team millennials, they're great. Nice, nice. Okay, so I've got a few <laughs> more that I want to talk through. Um, that I found really interesting. Yeah. Sliding into the DMs to make friends. I feel like you've done this a lot more than I probably have. Um, you've met quite a few of your friends, and that you haven't met in person. Is that right? Yes, 
this yeah. is actually this is fun um yeah yeah i am so i have this friend that lives in the states actually um krista and she's from washington washington mm. i think i'm so sorry if i'm getting this wrong um but i just came across her instagram profile um because she's a creative as well and she like writes scripts she loves filmmaking films and so we like connected and bonded over all of that and yeah we mess like she listens to the pod mm. um and I've never met her before but wow you know we have so many similar interests and I would consider her a good friend yeah it's pretty yeah crazy. sick that's so nice I yeah can't say I've experienced that to that extent the only way in which I've probably experienced sliding into dms catching up is linkedin um, mm. to connect on a more professional level. That's so in- I've never used LinkedIn. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You probably, well, you don't really need it yet. That's probably why. I think that's a generational thing, honestly. I, really? I, I have a theory that I think Gen, Gen Z are much better at, um, not much better, but like they find it easier to sort of socially connect online and like, rather than millennials so like they kind of don't have to meet in person like for me that that story of the of my friend from America like yeah. I feel like I can naturally do that because I'm so used to connecting with Fuck. people online because I've been what doing a, it for so okay, like, my life you know what, what about mean? yeah what about professionally though like when when you are like like when have I done this oh I've reached out to someone because she was working in a particular industry that I was really interested in and um oh no the mm. first one I met is actually this girl actually reached out to me and she was looking for a role in the same industry as me and she was wondering what my experience was like because she just moved back to Australia so she's like I'd love to go out for coffee so I actually caught up with her this is a couple years back and um she was lovely like we got along really well um and I probably would have kept in contact with her, but she she moved back overseas. And, yeah, it was just really, like, nice and easy. Like, it wasn't – there's was no pressure or anything. That's the only experience I've had. Yeah. So, so you're telling me that your generation won't use LinkedIn. Is that what you're saying? Like, you feel like you'll be able to professionally grow well, without I, I don't... another platform? Yeah, like, I've I've – message people professionally on like Instagram like creatives this that uh, yeah um I I have a LinkedIn account but I I don't use that and I don't think well I know a lot of my friends who are Gen Z they don't have LinkedIn um mm. like professionally I don't think mm. um yeah but I, I I'm more I'm very intrigued by this Liv tell me mm. more about um how you connect with people on LinkedIn this is crazy <laughs> No, it's so weird. Um, so you can, like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's essentially like a professional Facebook. Like, it's just people gloating about their um, achievements with really long colloquial posts and a photo of their certificate. And it can be a bit wanky, but, like, it's just, it's, it is a good way to, like, see, um, you know, what jobs are out there as well, what people in a specific um in a specific company who like say you're looking for a job that you like but you want to find out where they like where you can work you can look up particular brands and see if that specific job comes up so you know what to look for um 
you can see how many people are in a company. You can see people's work history. You know, you can really dissect a lot of things. But once you click on a person's profile, they can see that you've viewed it and then they will probably view you back. So you don't want to do that um, unless you want them to see that you've seen their profile. So when you, you know, click on their profile, you can essentially see their whole work history, everything about them, everything they've posted. <laughs> so you, so they can see you viewing their profile. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah they can. No, they can just see so-and-so has viewed your profile and they'll be like, who is this random person? Um, and then probably out of curiosity, they may click on yours and check it out. Most of the time they don't though. But also, yeah, also recruiters okay. can contact you for specific jobs. You can see how many like times your name has come up on different searches as well. Like it is quite handy. But yeah, but it also might be different for your industry as well. Like you might work better off just yeah, making I connections know. in person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, a good example is um, when I worked on that short film for three mm-hmm. days. Um, like I, I, I made so many connections like in person because like you're obviously on set mm. for so many hours together. And like you kind of like in between takes this, that you, you get talking, you, you kind of grow bonds. So it, it just depends, but I, I do know lots of people in the industry, in the creative industry that do get jobs from LinkedIn. Like I know, I know that it's, it's used as that avenue. I did, I wasn't aware that it was like a social thing as well, which blows my mind. Yeah. So you can comment on people's, you know, new, new positions, their anniversary, work anniversaries, like, yeah, it's like properly like a Facebook, but link like professional. Do you know anyone that's like met a romantic partner off LinkedIn? Cause that'd be a cool story. Oh, I don't think so, but it it is good for like professional friendships. I'm going to say like meeting oh, like-minded lovely, people. Lovely. See, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just such a dirty mind. I'm like any romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh what can I say? Oh, that's so good. Um, um, yeah. But by the way, I I really want to meet everyone from your work because I think I think we get a lot of listeners from um, your yeah. workplace, and I think they all sound very cool. They're unreal people. If you're, ha- if you're having these conversations in your workplace, I want to be there because it's yeah. fun. <laughs> Our conversations can get quite random, and it's great. That's all right. I can, can they hire me and like I'll be like the person who hangs out in the lunchroom and like they can pay me just to like make people's days a bit better. We can have just like conversations. Yeah, and just take notes. I feel like I should be paying them for all the content I get out of them. <laughs> I honestly think, Liv, we should do an episode in your office, like during a work day. God. <laughs> oh my god. It'd be a long day. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. No, it would be good. Yeah. Um, no, it's good though having like everyone that I work with is very different, but because we all are like very different, but we all have similar minds as well in the way we are all creative, which is really nice. Mm. So a lot of things in common and a lot of things we think differently about too. But um, yeah, this topic was really funny. Like just even, you know, talking about, catching up with your friend's siblings instead of your friend is a common thing as well. 
which I thought was so random. Do you know, that's so funny you say that because my best friend Laura is currently um, overseas and she's been overseas for a couple of months. Um, But I've still been going over to her house to like catch up with her sister. No way. (laughs) I'm very, I'm very close with her family, but um, it's funny. Like yesterday after I finished work, because they live like around the corner from where, from where I work, I popped over and I sent my friend Laura a picture with like her sister and her dog. That's really cute. It's, it's honestly cute, but it's also very weird because it's like, well, you'd like it makes sense though because a lot yeah. of the time you know siblings can be quite similar so it only makes sense that you want to hang out with them as well mm. most of the time or some yeah, of the time yeah yeah um but it's also do you know what's so funny though it's like even with us like james is my cousin but i hang out with you way more yeah i know that's what i mean like it's <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah that's true mm. i also think like as you grow up, though, you realize that you kind of want it's like quality over quantity. Like I think in high school, you kind of or primary school, it's like how many friends can I have? Like I want to be popular. Whereas yeah. when you kind of leave and you sort of find your the right group of people, if you're lucky enough to, it more becomes like I want a good person, and like that really matters. Yeah. Sorry, Barry's just eating the um, cardboard. Again, in the back, oh. I know she loves to gnaw at that. No, I totally agree with you. I think, like, well, I can count my close friends on one hand, mm. but that's enough. Like, I'm not like I am in the market to make new friends, but that's because I want to be like open and evolve and grow. It's not because I'm lonely. Like, I feel quite content with the amount of friends that I have. Um. And I think it's like healthy and it shouldn't be like a shameful thing to want to go out and make and like make friends as an no, adult as well. But I think that's what it's seen. Like it can be seen that way, um, especially when you're actively going out and trying to make friends. Like that's even me saying that just makes me cringe, but it really shouldn't. Mm. It shouldn't be. No, yeah. Um, and like I think a massive reason why I have such a big group of people around me is like, I think if you play a lot of sport, if you're somebody that's played a lot of sport in your life, um, I think you always tend to have a good amount of friends because, like, playing sport is just, like, such a bonding experience, yeah. you know, because, like, because you dedicate so much time. Like, when it's footy season, I'll be training twice a week and then I'll mm. play on a game day, which is a mm. whole Saturday gone. And I'm, like, constantly around these people. And, like, we yeah. may not have many interests similar, but, like, we have footy and, like, yeah. I have a lot of like close bonds with my footy girls and um, footy people in general. Um, So I think it's like also kind of adding that element to it, especially if you've played a lot of sport. I'm sure Mm. a lot of people would resonate with that. Mm. Yeah, I definitely do as well. Um, Yeah. And I think just growing up being in a team environment just strengthens the fact that like I personally work better in teams. Um, probably because I grew up playing netball all the time. So, yeah, naturally I want to be around people when I'm working. Like I prefer to be in the office working as well. When I'm at home by myself, I'm like, oh, this ain't it. Um, Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's like even with uni for me, like Mm. I I love hated doing uni from home. Like I probably hated it more than I loved it. And it's Mm. been – it was so good this year and even like 
towards the back end of last year, like being able to physically interact with my classmates and yeah, I, I think it, it adds such a massive difference yeah. when you have really good quality people around you. And like, mm. it's also, I was told just like relationships in general, whether it's sexual or platonic, like you should always be adding people into your life that ultimately add something, not take away. Oh yeah. And I, and, and when I heard that, I was like, wow. And it really made me reevaluate like how I see relationships and like who I gravitate towards or who I kind of want to befriend or go out with. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's this, this whole bunch of a whole like group of people out there who at face value may seem really cool vibes, but they may not see things like politically or culturally the same way as you. And then you'll be like, well, I'm not going to be friends with that person because ultimately they're going to take away something mm. and kind of complicate things. And that's not something that I want to deal with. And I yeah. think it's trying to find like a healthy balance between the two of those Yeah, um, that I've kind of tried to do. And I feel very lucky that I have really great friends. Oh, so good. Yeah, I'm glad you do as well. You don't want any energy energy drainers in your life. You don't, no. and like you don't, you don't want any friends that kind of question your own um, morality as well, like mm. your own personal views on things. Like if you have to compromise how you see a certain situation, then it's just like, well, like I have a great example. I I won't name anyone, but like I used to be friends with this person since I was in like kinder. Mm. And we were very, very good friends, like very close friends. And we did everything like, um, like we went through primary school, high school. Um, and then we kind of had a bit of a falling out because like we saw, and, and it's really weird to say, but like we had different views on politics. And I think that's always such an important aspect when it yeah. comes to friendships these days because it's so, um, it's so, what's the word? Like, um, po- uh, la, la, la. like it's it's like you're either on one side or the other and it's polarized just, yeah and it's so big too um and and they like just saw things differently to me and I was like look I know we've had so much history and we've been friends for so many years like mm. literally like another sibling to me but like you're not really it's harsh to say but you, you're not really adding anything and I'm yeah. feeling like I have to compromise my own views on things and that, I just didn't sit well with that. And it was like, how can I be myself around you if you sort of disagree on certain topics or issues that I very strongly agree on? Mm. Um, and I think it was so important to have, like, the friends that I have, my girlfriends, like, and just all my other friends in general, kind of, like, having them as a standard. And it was like this other friend wasn't meeting the group of friends that I actually – my other group of friends that I have. And I was yeah. like, well – you know, I, I don't want to compromise my own, you know, morals. So yeah. unfortunately, I'm going to have to distance myself. And we have. And we, 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 we communicate sometimes, but, like, we're definitely not as close as what we were. Um, mm. So, yeah. I yeah. Think it, 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 there's also that side to it where you've kind of got to realise, like, look, we have a history, but we're not really connecting anymore. And that's all, that's always really difficult to like make that decision. Cause yeah. like, I think, I mean, I've never, up. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I've never experienced like a heartbreak like before, but I could only imagine because like breaking up with a friend is pretty tough. I think oh, that's 
it's pretty bad. No, it's yeah. yeah. It's um a few of us were saying, or was one girl in particular who's been with her partner for quite a while, and I think someone was saying to her, Oh, you wouldn't really understand heartbreak, you know, because you've been with your partner since high school. And she was like, Well, no, like I've had friendship breakups and they have been horrible. And like mm. probably just as heartbreaking as actual heartbreak can be because it's like your soulmate in a different way, you know? It's yeah. Um, I definitely think it could be awful. And like, you know, great example is Heartbreak High. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. But the last I had one more point I wanted to touch on, which I thought was really funny, um, was that I have there's a, a girl at work who was saying one of her friends has a traffic light system for her friends when she's like mixing them together. So she's got friends that are green lights and those green light friends are really easy to like integrate into other friend groups and mix with like do really random things with like they're always up for anything, up for a challenge, up to meet new people. And then she's got like red light and amber light friend people and they're like the people that you know might cause a bit of drama and then there's some that you just know you don't mix with any other people because they're just not going to get along with other certain groups of friends and I was like that is so like detailed and strategic but probably would make so much sense because there are so many times where you try to integrate different friends but it doesn't tend to work out because obviously not everyone's going to get along yeah hmm. that, 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 that's that's a very interesting structure I think it's a good yeah. one to kind of follow like I probably wouldn't follow it to that extent but I know <laughs> Very bad, like, wow. but like, but that's a really good thing to keep in mind because, like, yeah, like you said, not every human being on this planet are going to get along and like each mm. other. I think that's like natural fact. Yeah. Um. Wow, I might have to incorporate that, but oh, honestly, I, like I think I'm very lucky. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. Mm. Shout out to that person. That's great. Yeah. Thanks, Diana. She must. <laughs> you have, know who you are. <laughs> she must. She she must like um. Like, so, so when she's going out and she's, like, meeting up with different people in one night, like, the same, but, like, all meeting together, she's, yeah. like, before she gets there, she's planned who she's invited. Is that what you're saying? I think that's what it is, yes. Yeah, so, like, she only yeah. mixes green lights with green lights and then maybe green lights with one amber light to, like, spot, you know, to make sure that it, like, it's, like, all about strategy. I was, like, like fascinating. <laughs> Well, yeah. No, I was like, I, how do, I think and I how do you class someone as a green light, an amber light, or a red light? Like, what's what are those factors that make them that person as well? Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, wow. I mean, I personally wouldn't have any friend that is like a, a red light. Did you say you can't integrate yeah. them with anyone? Yeah, I probably wouldn't be friends with that person. I think that that's a red flag to me. But like, like, you have a friend that some of the girls were saying, or some of my coworkers were saying that some of their best friends are red lights. Wow. Yeah. So, hmm. Because wouldn't they fall under the topic of, like, kind of being hard to approach because they're so, like... Um, possibly, but but I would think that sometimes if you've got a best friend that's a red light, like, they've been in your life probably for a very long time and you connect on a deeper level that not a lot of people mm. would understand. So I can see it that way. And then you probably... Yeah. It would be difficult. To inter- I feel like a lot of green light friends are friends you've sort of gained along the way 
that you've met mm. through life that are really easy to get along with and red light and amber light friends would be the ones you'd have for long like a longer period of time. I don't know, that's just how I would see it. But Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Okay. Mm. Mm. We should pose a question out to listeners. Do you yeah. have a system? Do you have a system? Yes. Do you have like a friend that? system? That's good. Yeah. And and if so, what is it? Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. At Genlin Podcast. And what's your maintaining friendships system? How do you make friends as an adult? All of those things. Love to know. That's um, good. Are there any successful friendship stories from meeting online? Yeah. Like cute. Instagram or LinkedIn? Yeah. Oh, what, do you remember you could make friends on Bumble? Maybe oh, my God. Remember. So I nearly did that a couple of weeks ago and then I chickened out and I was like, what am I doing? I was just like curious. Oh. I was so curious. I was like this – and I'd ne- I've never used an app like that before. Like I've never used a dating app. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was. Oh, yeah, you have them. Yeah, oh but that's God, a story that for another time. <laughs> yeah, true, true. We will. That, that, yeah, that'd be good. That'd yeah. Be good. All right. I mean, I, yeah. Um, yeah, amazing. Thank you, gentlemen listeners, for listening to this week's episode. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed it. And. Um, yeah, don't forget to give us a follow on Genlit Podcast for extra content, I suppose. Um, I'm trying to. You're doing a great job. Content. I, I, yeah, it means no, it's a really battle. It's, it's a full battle. It's hard. <laughs> um, it's the imposter syndrome all over again. No, none of um, that. <laughs> um, don't forget to also leave a review from wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and we'll be back next week with a new cool. episode. So see you guys then. See, see ya. you. Bye.